it's a messaging thing. Yeah. You're like, what is the weird golden bullet thing? And then and once you find that one thing, then you got to find a second and third thing. Hello, entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Laura L. Bernhard. Welcome back to the Marketing Bound podcast, where we offer inbound marketing tips to get you more traffic, more leads, and more success. Do you remember the ads with Lionel Messi and Kobe Bryant? Like they're racing around the world. Well, this week, I interview the mastermind behind those ads, Travis Chambers. After going viral a few times himself, Travis started his own ad agency that has helped several businesses reach multi-million dollars in revenue. And in this episode, we chat about how he grew his agency to $12 million in revenue, how to use ads to bring prospects through the customer journey, and the seven types of effective ads on social media. If you're an agency owner, this episode is for you. Travis, thank you so much for being on the Marketing Bound podcast. How are you today? I'm doing good. I'm I'm feeling the good vibes today. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, I feel great. Thanks for asking. I'm super excited to get into this. Um, so a little bit of backstory for everybody who's listening. Travis and I were already connected on LinkedIn. And then his team reached out to me to be on the podcast. And I was like, wait a minute, I know this guy. <laughs> and then I looked into it more. And let me tell you, I think a lot of you are going to recognize his work. And we're going to talk about that. So let's talk about the kickoff of your marketing career and well your entrepreneurial career with the Kobe Bryant and Lionel Messi commercials for Turkish Airlines. Tell us about what that is and how it kicked off Chamber Media. Cool. So I um I did this viral video as I was finishing college and it was me and my wife joking about going 80 miles an hour. If you're going 80 miles an hour, how long will it take you to go 80 miles? And she like did this dumb blonde impression thing for like four minutes, trying to like calculate tire speed, tire pressure, wind speed. And she put it on YouTube to show her brother-in-law who didn't have a smartphone at the time. This is like back in 2011. And then three months later, some of our friends at college found it and shared it. And it went to like mega viral, 10 million views in like a few weeks. We were on Good Morning America. We flew out to New York. <laughs> they asked me to do like a public apology for it, even though it was kind of a this thing that we do all the time. But and then we were on Tosh.0 and True TV and Kraft Mac and Cheese reached out and it just happened to be at the ad agency I had been wanting to work at since I started school. And that turned into a job. And then I worked there and then I was supposed to be kind of like the in-house earned media, viral video expert, young millennial guy, whatever. Turkish Airlines walks in and they say, we want them to have the most viral ad of all time. How much is it going to cost? We've got Kobe Bryant and Lionel Messi. And so (laughs) the chief digital officer took me aside and said, go for it, man. Here's three and a half million dollars. Make it happen. And we did. It worked. We got 650 influencers and we got we did a really great ad spend. We did video SEO and we did some viral seeding all over the web. And and it was the most viral ad of ever. I don't think it's ever been beaten to my knowledge 
YouTube came out and said it's the most viral of all time. And so I ended up 20th Century Fox a year later, and that just didn't wasn't fitting out great. So I started Chamber Media, and um, we've been at it for seven years now. Now we got like 110 employees. You know, we're doing some odd dozen million a year, and we're kind of it all comes from a couple of viral videos, pretty much. <laughs> Oh my God. Okay. That's a great story. Number one, but we really, we have to break it down. Like there's so much to, to get into. First of all, that YouTube video of your wife, is it still online? Yeah. It's called the real meaning of MPH. Okay. You will, you will judge me when you watch it. You'll say, this guy yeah. is kind of a jerk and she's really dumb. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I have to find that and put that in the show notes for everybody listening. So that's the first thing I wanted to know. The second thing is People are listening to this story and they're like, well, you know, you have Kobe, you have Messi, and then you have $3.5 million to make it happen. Obviously, when you have that much money and you throw it at something, it's going to work. But I'm sure that you have a rebuttal to that. And there has to be something else that makes it work. That can't be the formula is you get spokespeople plus money equals success. What is the formula? So that formula doesn't work anymore. The viral video thing does not work. At the time, though, there were no videos online of Kobe or Messi in Nike ads, in beverage ads, whatever ads they they were in. None of them had over four or five million views. We had just launched, another team had just launched an ad for Windows Phone at the same time which was the same production budget, a million dollar production budget just to make the commercial. And they spent $3 million getting 10 million views. So views are expensive. And so getting 140 is really hard. And it was really hard. And so we did a lot of these viral strategies worked really well. But Kobe and Messi definitely helped a lot. (laughs) <laughs> you think if you removed them, it would have still worked? No, it wouldn't have been that big. No way. Okay. Yeah. It wouldn't have been the most viral out of all time without them. I don't think so. Like, I think we could have had some people that are less famous and still done really well, but I don't think we would have gotten the top spot. There's no way. No one else had the two biggest sports stars in the world with yeah. a viral campaign at the time that virality was happening. It was kind of like perfect timing too. Like that's the missing piece out of that equation is like you really needed that timing. But you didn't mention your company, Chamber Media, and I want to get into that. So how old were you when you started that company? 25. Pretty 25. young. Pretty, Pretty young. young. Super so young. you start this company and you're alone. Do you have partners? I think you had partners. I started with two partners mm-hmm. and so- they were still full-time at their jobs. Mm-hmm. And I went full time and I decided we'll give this three months. And if we can't pay our bills in three months, I got severance from Fox. So I had like three months income. And so um, it was at the end of the three months, we got our first deal. It was, what like was, your a, first deal? It was a company called Fisber, like a real estate for sale by owner real estate company. And it was for, for SEO, ad buying and some videos. It was like $60,000 deal. And that deal was over three, I think it was a three-month project. 
And that was enough to say, all right, let's keep going. And then I think the next month we got a couple more clients. We got like um, some footwear, insole footwear company. And it just kind of started. And it was mostly from like networking. So I would, I would just go to events and just hunt people down and I'd post on LinkedIn all the time and I'd ask people I knew for referrals and the networking was the key. I mean, the networking was the only reason that the Kobe or Messi thing happened. It'd really? be impossible to try and do all of that myself. It'd be impossible, but I'd done so much research and getting to know so many people and learning from what everyone was doing and then putting it all together that that I think people, if they're starting a company, networking is, if it's a service company, if you're in B2B or services, that's how you got to start. And I, I get a lot of people that hit me up and say, hey, man, how do I get an agency going? How do I, and they say, look, you've just got to hunt people down. I used to go to VidCon mm-hmm. and just cost every penny I had to buy a ticket to VidCon. And I would just, stock people. I would sneak into the VIP lounges. I would find ways in. I would. I told them that I was a marketing director at Hulu. I was like, I'm on the list. I'm on the list. And, and they're like, well, what's your name? I'm like, do you not see the marketing director from Hulu on there? And they're like, oh, um, uh, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. And it was some random guy's name. I'm like, yeah, dude, that's me. <laughs> and I just walk in there and then I started getting a lot of influencers and I was able to sell a lot of influencer deals too. Okay. So that was a big thing too. Is like, Hey, so you I would get... pivot? yeah, it was like, I tried to just be the guy who could like bring everything together kind of. Mm-hmm. So like I did some deals with Logan Paul. I did some deals with other influencers, but then I had to like pivot though, because the influencer game started to get kind of hard because I just realized that wasn't like a scalable thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a lot of work. Yeah, and it's... I just realized I was just a guy that just like knew some people that wasn't like a ton of value per se to be able to get big contracts that last a long time. Yeah, and that's what you're doing now, right? That's how you're scaling? Yeah. It's really so, getting those long-term contracts with big clients. Yeah, yep. Now we've got deals, you know, Fabletics... Honey, oh, nice. by PayPal, Russell Brunson, ClickFunnels. Yeah. Just casually mentioning all huge brands. Even on your website, I mean, it's just like Coca-Cola. <laughs> I mean, it's cool. It's like, I mean, we don't get a ton of big brands. We have like some, but I think it's because we're not like located in a big city. We're out of Utah, you know? And hmm. so, so we probably need to get some sales people in big cities at some point. <laughs> Love that I'm helping you with your business right now. <laughs> Can you tell me? Yeah. Could you like give me some pointers on that? <laughs> You're just reflecting on like, yeah, we should do that. <laughs> well, love that I can help you. I'm glad this is beneficial yes. for both of us. How much do I owe you? <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you an invoice after. No, right. no worries. I'm just wondering. So a brand comes to you and they're like, we want to double our revenue make us go, well, not viral because it doesn't work anymore, but we just want to double our revenue. Now, 
I'm sure some of those brands, like people just don't know them. So you obviously have to go through like the awareness, the likeness phase, and then like they purchase from you. So with your ads, how do you get them through that customer journey? Especially for the brands that people don't really know about. Yeah, that's kind of the beauty of social ads right now is you can get directly tracked sales and the brand awareness at the same time. And prior to that, it was very difficult. You had to have a lot of money, spend a lot of money on brand awareness, and then hope that your company would take off. But now you can track a lot of that stuff. And so we usually look for if we can get a two or two and a half to one return on our ad spend. So if we run, let's say we run 10 grand in Facebook ads, if we can get 20, 25 grand back on that for a brand, there's a high likelihood that that's going to be a scalable way to grow their business. So Transparent Labs is a really good example. They had a bunch of affiliates that were doing blog posts and driving traffic. And because of that, they had a lot of organic search rankings for various keywords. In doing that, they got to do $2 million a year in revenue. But by the time you have two partners and you have your cost of goods, it's not a ton of money. It's not mm-hmm. a ton of money. It's great money but it's not huge money. So he came to us and he said, I want to scale paid ads. I want to take control of my destiny. And so we created some really fun video ads. There's one where it's a guy standing in front of two giant blenders and it shows the ingredients that go into Transparent Labs pre-workout on one side. And the other side, it shows all the crap that goes into the mainstream stuff. And at the end, we turn the blenders on And there's all sorts of funny jokes and stuff in there, but it's just this big giant demonstration to get you to understand. And yeah, within a few months, we were up to spending 100, 150,000 a month on ads. And we were getting anywhere from a 700 to $1.2 million return each month. And that just continued. We did that for years, a few years. And then um, they got acquired and... They got a great multiple. And now they have started another company called Project Solar. And we've done the same thing with Project Solar. And it's starting to scale like crazy. And we might, looks like we might be two for two, might be two for two. But that's kind of the whole like the thing, you know, is if you can get ads to scale. And what's so funny is we didn't even do it for Chamber Media until a year and a half ago. We didn't do our own ads. And I was going to ask you that of like, but how are you doing it for yourself? <laughs> yeah. And we didn't do it because at the time we were only taking projects that were hundred grand over because we were really small. Two years ago, we were only 15 people full-time and we had tons of contractors. So you could say we were like 20 or 30 maybe, but I thought, okay, our stuff's too expensive to sell with ads. So we rolled out a lower priced offering. And I felt like we finally had this layer of leadership at the company that could grow. And sure enough, sure enough, year and a half later, 110 employees, 3X from running our own ads. So... Okay, so let's dive into that because people listening right now, they have their own agencies. They're like, I want to do this, but I don't have $10,000 a month to do it. Yeah. Where do I start? So the way I did it before ads was very LinkedIn heavy. So we got to 2 million a year from 
networking and word of mouth. So I would try to speak at conferences. I would try and get press features, just chase people down and get to know as many people as possible. So that if they have a need ever came up, they would call us. And that was really hard. It was really exhausting. It was very emotionally draining because you're just chasing people around and you never know when a deal is going to come through. And I mean, the Nordic Trek deal just came from me giving a guy some free advice here and there over a couple of years. But still and a couple of years. A couple of years. Yeah, that's long. It's a long sales cycle. It's a long time. So I was just, yeah, I was just grinding, hitting the streets, chasing people around, sneaking into VIP lounges, press features, you know, anything we could do. And then we got from two to three million a year from LinkedIn. So then I started saying, thinking, I started noticing that every time I'd have like a big LinkedIn post, we would get some leads at some point and people would mention they saw it on LinkedIn. So then I thought, all right, well, let's go heavy on this. So then I started making all sorts of crazy stuff there. I did like a Uber Eats prank where I like ordered food at the top of a mountain and the Uber Eats drivers like would hike up to deliver the burrito. And then we'd have dinner together and I had like a table set up for two. <laughs> and that like went super viral and that got drove a bunch of leads. This is on LinkedIn. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, what made you think that Uber Eats date would go viral on LinkedIn. I don't know. (laughs) You just tried something and you were like, yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Well, Uber Eats did reach out and they they said, hey, we want to test some LinkedIn influencer stuff. And I'm like, look, I don't really get a lot of reach. So maybe just like if it drives a lot of sales, give me an affiliate code or something. We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. And then I just went to the drawing board and I'm like, all right, well, how can I make this go viral? This Uber Eats thing. But it drove a lot of leads for Chamber Media because <laughs> they're like, dude, this guy just like randomly did this burrito thing. And, and oh, oh, he runs ads. His company runs ads. And that's my whole thing. I was like, all right, I just need to get as many people to see my profile and, and just know that Chamber Media makes videos and runs ads. And if that happens, then maybe at some point they'll call us. And so that was really hard too, you know? And it it got to the point where we were like three mil and I I couldn't figure out how we were going to grow more. And then it was like, oh, how am I going to sustain this? I'm so exhausted. And I was still flying all over the place. And then we ran ads and then like life just got magical. Like, (laughs) Okay, well, tell me about these ads. How how many times would you make your audience see them per day? Was it just in like... yeah. Uh, your neighborhood, like, or just your city. Tell me like the details about those ads. So we made a couple ads that were not like crazy high budget. We would film some scenes on film shoots. So that added a little bit to the production value, but it was just a really funny ad, funny script. It was like a sales pitch. It was like, if you were like pitching knives in Costco, but it was for like an agency like make it funny and stuff. It was just exactly what we do for clients, mm-hmm. right? Get people to watch, get them to smile, enjoy it. And maybe they'll pay attention for a longer period of time. It was like four minutes long, three or four minutes long. And we made a whole bunch of ads. Some of them worked, some of them didn't. But there was one ad in particular 
that has drove has now driven over six million dollars in sales. One ad, one ad. Can you send me this link after the like the the ad after? Yes. Definitely send it to me. I will put it in the show notes so everyone can watch it. Okay. And we we've made a whole bunch of them. Some have worked better than others, but this one has just. And what's funny is that's what we do for our clients, right? A lot mm-hmm. of people make ads, but we make like big, funny, super interesting ads that are expensive. And it's just like goes to show if it works for clients, maybe it'll work for us, right? <laughs> what? And, and it worked. It worked. Finally, okay. we weren't the doctor who smoked anymore. And <laughs> we just this week released the biggest one we've ever made for ourselves. And it's like, it's crushing it already. It's crushing it. Takeaway for the audience is, You have to make some ads for yourself. You're going to have to make a lot of them because not all of them are going to work. But if you find one, that golden scalable ad, it can really make a big difference. And we started out, we, our first month, we spent six grand on ads. So, you know, there are some businesses that can afford to do that. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing is the first month with six grand, we, our leads were, over five, $600, which is not sustainable at all. But we knew because we've done this enough times, you just have to keep going. You just have to keep going deeper into the tunnel, into the cave, hoping you're going to come out the other side. So the next month we spent 10 grand and then our lead costs came way down, still wasn't quite sustainable, but then we saw directional improvement. And then by the end of month three, we were down to a very good cost per lead the deals were closing, built a sales team. So boom, from what just, I'm hearing from this <laughs> uh, is really like trial and error almost. Keep trying it. Be patient because you're not, you're not going to find something like you might, but you're not going to find something that works immediately. So for people who have a smaller budget, let's say $1,000, I know that there are all kinds of different like ad objection, all kinds of different kinds of ads that you can have on Facebook. Which one did you use at first? Did you try different ones like video views or what's, what are the other ones? Like the forms, like fill out this form. Do you remember which ones you use so that people listening can really dive yeah. into Facebook and just try them? Yeah. So let's get scientific with it. Okay. So ours, ours is a spokesperson video. We have found that spokesperson videos, when they work, they are the most scalable by far. Can you um, describe what that is? Is that like when they're talking to you and guiding you through everything? Yeah. Yeah. So okay. it's a spokesperson video. Sometimes we'll call it an anchor video. Some people call it a hero video. But the best reference is it's a Dollar Shave Club video. So the reason spokesperson videos works is it's a salesperson that's pitching you. And that's the oldest way of selling things. In 3000 BC, Egypt, someone was in a market pitching. I don't know. What were they pitching? Dates? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And there were three guys all in a line and you were going to buy dates from the guy you liked the most because they all had the same price. So it's just the oldest selling method because it's like, okay, do I trust this human being? Do I like them? Do I want to do business with them? And that's the way that that works. And then once that happens, it also turns into how long can I keep this person's attention? 
if I can keep their attention for 10 seconds, I might have a shot. But if I can keep their attention for a minute, two minute, three minutes, then even if they don't buy, they'll definitely remember. They'll definitely remember. And then you get your brand awareness. So spokesperson anchor videos are the best for like driving long-term brand awareness. And I think that they're the best for B2B for that reason. B2B is high ticket. It's very complicated. It's very complex, very trust-oriented. And um, a lot of B2B companies struggle to get ads to convert for that reason. We've had a few of our own bomb. And it was always, mostly, it was because the, uh, the client just couldn't wade through the fire. They couldn't make it through that two or three months without saying, it's not working, it's not working. But it's one of those things where you have to go through it and find out if it's going to work or not. Because if it does, you could be a Transplant Labs, you could be a Chamber Media, you could be a Mr. Cool. Mr. Cool was ROI negative the first two months. And now we're spending like a lot, a lot (laughs) per month. And they're bringing in a lot. So we did this exercise, Laura. We, We got really curious of why is some of the stuff we're doing work, working? Some of the stuff doesn't work as well. What if we could have a quantitative, legitimate, scientific approach to this? So we went and we took all of our ads and we put them in a database and we called it the brain. And we hired machine learning engineers to mine and log all of that data. And we had virtual assistants go through every single ad and tag it based on what kind of ad it is. Then we went and we got the top 1% of all 2,000 Shopify stores ads. And we compared all of it. And what came out the other end was seven categories of ads that get the most performance. And these are the categories. Okay. So spokesperson anchor is one. Two is product demo. Go figure. Mm-hmm. Three is social proof. Social proof is influencer stuff, blogs. It's not like the toothpaste commercials where they're like, I'm a, I'm a dentist. (laughs) (laughs) It kind of is that. It kind of is that. Okay. So, okay. Got it. That's totally a social proof ad. Social proof. This dentist, this real dentist approves of this toothpaste. Wow. I oh wish my I... God. I tried this toothpaste and it was the absolute best. And I'm a real client. <laughs> <laughs> and I am a real influencer and I am super famous. I got booty pics <laughs> twice a day and I am so famous. And this is the booty cream I use. <laughs> yeah. And that's why you guys should use it. <laughs> Yeah, that's social proof. (laughs) Okay, perfect. Now we understand what social proof is. Yeah, yeah. And and that's a great category, by the way, because a lot of it's called UGC, user-generated content. Mm -hmm. And it's that. It's that what you just did is totally UGC. It's great. Perfect. Four is dynamic ads. So there's like computer-generated assets. So a lot of drop shippers will do this where they'll take a bunch of random stock footage and they'll just like mash it all together or they'll take whatever random product videos and photos they have and they'll just mash it into a collage really they they work they're like the most commonly made ad but they're not generally the highest performing okay makes sense because i'm like i don't know if i've ever seen an ad like that 
if you've ever seen a janky ad that looks like an editor in China threw a bunch of stock stuff together, that's a dynamic ad. Okay, <laughs> got it. Five is case study. Case study is anything empirical. So for example, for transparent labs, it's like, how do you do a case study for pre-workout? Well, what we did is we pulled all the clinical studies for the ingredients that are in the supplement. And we talked about the benefits of those, these clinical studies. So now it's not just, now it's like science. It's, it's proven. So that's a case study. Like, well, how would you do a case study for Chamber Media? Well, case study for Chamber Media is we grew these companies by these X amounts. And that's what your ad would be? Yes. Just like a graph, just being like, look at this. Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. And... The spokesperson anchor ad, by the way, usually includes all seven of these. Ooh, that's an important fact sometimes, right there. Sometimes we call it the everything ad. Okay. And our chamber everything ad has case studies in it. Okay. Yeah, it makes sense. Six is lifestyle. So this is just like showing the product being used, you know, everyday life. <laughs> oftentimes. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's Laura showing a new bag, getting into a Mercedes. It's in slow motion just had a blowout, just like, oh my gosh, if I buy this, I could be like her. Oh my gosh, I have to have this. That's a lifestyle. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. And then seventh is unboxing, which is opening a box. And that can be done on the doorstep, kitchen table, stop motion animation. And all of these ads, there's like a dozen different ways to make them. Okay. Hold on. Unboxing. How did you do that in your everything ad? Results. <laughs> Chamber media unboxing is like throwing up the garage door to a production studio. Mm. It's like, here it is. This is how it's made. But like for most products, it's literally a box. That opens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if it's, you have a tangible, tangible product, it's literally a box. But yeah. for an agency like you... Show them inside the office. Mm. Show them around. Like our new video we just launched, it's us in front of our building and our whole team, and we're like walking. In slow motion? Oh, no, dang it. We should have done slow motion. And it's then, a cool drone shot, though. Oh, okay. I was going to say, like, a bomb goes off behind you guys. That's probably going to be the next one. Next time, just let me know, and I'll be on your brainstorming session. Okay. I'll call you. Yeah, please. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you have these seven ways of doing ads. Are all these ads only on Facebook or can you put them everywhere? You can use these ads anywhere. And these ads generally convert across multiple platforms. Pinterest is more UGC social proof printed mm -hmm. typically. It's a little more raw. The higher production stuff doesn't usually work as well on Pinterest. But these all generally work pretty well on YouTube. And it's just a matter of testing which ones work for which industry. But we've got so much data. Like, we know what the top two performing ads are per by industry, which is really cool. That, for um, your clients? Yeah, I'll give you an example. Okay, okay, give me an example. Men's clothing, top performing ad is a spokesperson anchor. Second is an unboxing. Women's clothing... First highest converting is lifestyle and second is case study. So what that tells you is men want to relate to somebody that they trust 
and then they want to just see the product. It's almost like men are very visual or something. I don't know. Mm. Something like that. Okay. Never heard that before. But <laughs> then women want the lifestyle and they, they want someone that is doing or living what they want to be doing or living and is aspirational what they want their life. It's very like, how, what could my life look like with this mm. thing? It's almost like, what could my life look like with this guy? Yeah. Maybe. And the guy is only focused on visual and it just doesn't match up sometimes. Yeah, that, that makes no sense. Yeah. It's like, maybe that happens sometimes. <laughs> and then maybe. the second is case study. So what that means is that women want proof. They want some type of empirical evidence that this thing is good. So it's just interesting. You look at these different categories and you just see that like different ads work in different categories differently. I also like that you're talking about the type of video as opposed to what platform. Like you're really focused on how you're getting the message across as opposed to what platform you're using to deliver it. Because if you get the messaging right, you're solid. You can scale. You can use these ads to scale. That's such a good way to put it is it's a messaging thing. You're like, what is the weird golden bullet thing? And then, and once you find that one thing, then you got to find a second and third thing. So for, for me, when I was walking around all these conferences and chasing people around and they're like, so what do you, yeah, literally, (laughs) what do you do? And I'm like, I make ads, I run ads, boom, they don't, they're gone. Yeah. But then I noticed when it was, we've tripled the revenue of two multi-million dollar companies in the last year. Then they're like, all of a bing. sudden, bing, that was it. That, that was, was it. Thing. That was your messaging. It was that the was proof. The yep. And within the first 10, 15 seconds of that ad that changed everything for us, it has that message. So that is the big takeaway is once you find that like golden message, it's, you can scale it. Because if you get one person, if you spend $1 to get someone to spend $3, then you could do it a million times. I think that's a great way to end our conversation. Like, I have a whole set of questions here. We, we might have to do this again. Part two. <laughs> Part two. I'm good. Because I don't think I asked any of my questions on my list. <laughs> <laughs> but I loved our conversation. And I think it was super valuable for our listeners to really hear like the value of this inbound marketing strategy ads and that you shouldn't be focused on the platform, but focus on the messaging. And that's the biggest takeaway that we can have today. So thank you very much for being here. Thanks for having me. 